This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's catch up. An NFL podcast with Taylor Bashotti and Sam Batesh, where we talk about the biggest headlines in the NFL. So Taylor, you know what? Let's catch up. It's been too long. Yeah, we really should. Blue Wire. Let's catch up, Taylor. Let's catch up, Sam. Uh, you had a you had a big day. I mean, look, every Sundays Sunday are for Sam in my world. Football and Sam. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I love that. Uh, yes, Sundays are for Sammy. I think that's that's perfectly acceptable. But also. On this Sunday, Sundays, I think now for you, are going to be for SoFi. You you had quite a day. I I was consumed with football, many different football games surrounding me on Sunday. You immersed yourself in football and in one particular place for quite a few hours. And I, I just, I have to get your understanding for what $5 billion looks like with the Panthers and the Chargers at an incredible new stadium, but but you got it firsthand. I, anything I know about that stadium is only what I've read. I have not been there. Last that was the same with me. I went there with LT and Eric Dickerson for when the stadium was being, it was a stadium tour. And this was two and a half years ago, two years ago, something crazy like that. And it was still concrete. I mean, in a big hole, but <laughs> I finally got to see right. it today. I think there's a picture of you in a hard hat while, while they were still putting together. I think that, together, that right? is still my Twitter picture. So I'm very, very happy much. and I'm very proud of that day. But seeing it in person, it I've been to a lot of NFL stadiums. I have not been to all of them. But I don't think in my lifetime, in your lifetime, we will ever see anything else like this. I've been to Jerry World. It's incredible. It's amazing. But it does not even, it pales in comparison to what SoFi Stadium and that's saying a lot because Jerry Jerry World definitely sets the bar for stadiums anywhere because especially because it's such an incredible venue for concerts for a final four you can play a college football playoff game there mm-hmm. and now SoFi Stadium for you to say that that, that is going to be the new bar I believe you but what- I don't even but I don't know any any other city that could like really support everything that it has to offer. I mean, if you think about Dallas, Jerry World opened 2009. It was 1.1 billion. SoFi cost 5 billion. I'm sure it's probably 5.1. Um, Five and- times, by the way, for something to be 
five times as expensive. But when you're there, you understand it. I didn't understand it by looking at the pictures. Sam, the entire thing feels like you are outside with the wind blowing in in Southern, like California, palm trees everywhere. On one corner, you've got NFL Network where they're going to be like, they're going to be adjacent to uh, the stadium. And then on the other corner is where you have the amphitheater, which that that can support concerts, that can support other events. So you could technically have a playoff game at the stadium and then right right across at a rock's distance obviously it's a little farther away than it rocks but you feel like you can just throw a rock over there is you could have a concert oh and by the way the entire thing feels completely open you don't even realize that you're indoors then you've got stadium ground level suites that are i wanted to go and just put a bathing suit on and like lay in one of these suites i mean that's how incredible it was and you, you you're so close to the players and you're on the field you feel like you are literally joey bose is going to come at you and run over you um i i love you went and experienced that and, and really got to take that in and, and and for a game that ended up actually being close and down to the wire and by the way the chargers sh- I, i'm going to say should have won that game the hook and ladder at the end of that game taylor that should if Eckler holds on to that little pitch shovel pass, he's got a clear path into the end zone. But I didn't understand. I know, but I did. They talk about that beforehand. Did Keenan tell him, "Hey, I'm going to throw this to you"? Because it felt like a play that was very much by design. When when you when you watch it from overhead, it very much looks that that Keenan has caught the ball and is now clearly looking for the next thing to do with it like immediately almost like a hot potato type play i do i think that was i think that was something where, where simply eckler can see the path in and it's just one yeah. of those things where your brain is just one step ahead because you you just you take for granted the fact that you're going to catch a football that you've caught a thousand times in your life especially in an underhand situation coming from a teammate like that and it just in that moment his his hand just got ahead of him and 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 that was it and that was the difference you know it would have been it would have been quite a moment for for herbert quite a moment for that stadium quite a moment certainly for the chargers for this season who so desperately deserved the moment after losing in overtime but I'm not, but, uh, you can't take away i i agree with you 100 percent. but you can't take away um what the panthers did before like obviously before today this is the first time they played without Christian McCaffrey. It's the first time, the first game that he's missed. He accounts for just under 40% of the Panthers scrimmage yards. That's the most on any, on any team. And, and what and they we, were we, able we to do that. with. We would assume that you, when you think the Panthers at this point, you think McCaffrey. So coming into today, to your point, it was almost written off as if it was almost Panthers in my mind, it was, what could the Panthers do without McCaffrey? And yet Mike Davis shows up. You were there for all five field it goals. It was interesting because what they did water. is they spread it out among three different running backs. They used Curtis Samuel, Mike Davis, and Reggie. And correct me if I'm saying this name wrong, Bonifon, Bonifon. And they brought him up for the practice squad last week or this past week. It was, it was, really, it was really kind of a methodical win. For Matt Rule for his first win, and, and for Bridgewater, who who certainly deserved the win at this point after what he did five and zero stepping in for Drew Brees last year with the Saints, I just I don't think we were expecting that today because again they you know the Panthers had to travel they didn't have McCaffrey it just felt you know the Chargers were coming off of licking their wounds from feeling like they had the Chiefs down and out the, the week before 
And they had rallied so well against Herbert the week before. And they played well around Herbert today. But for stretches of that game, the Panthers looked like the more focused team, I would say. There were certainly stretches of that game where the Panthers looked like the team that were there more for, for just for, for the business in the moment of getting in, getting a win, and getting out of town. But to me, more impressive than any of that was really what you were able to capture from being there, just even in your mind of what happened at that stadium and what it's going to be like for the next 20 years. This is likely to be the nicest stadium in all of sports. That's likely going to be the venue that I would have moved in. All of sports. You the LED screens, like it was really cool to be there before the game too. We had to get there around like 1030. And so all the games are on and that big LED surrounding the field, like you look up and on each area is a different game. It was like red zone, but on, on LED steroids. screens. I mean like on, yeah, on LED Huge screens. And then so we were on the field for a couple hours and then went up to the press box and the press box is on just the standard like level where that is and even seeing it from that other view where you can go out to the side and then you just like walk out and you see that it overlooks a lake and then on the other side you can overlook and you can literally see the hollywood sign i love that idea the, the idea of looking out through the stadium at the hollywood sign I, and i'm just going to say this it dodger stadium is nice because you can see the mountains and and, and people say chavez ravine as if it's supposed to mean something i don't think dodger stadium is that spectacular what you're what you're describing about sofi yeah it's it does it overwhelming you can't even put it in the same conversation what you're describing is overwhelming from a visual input standpoint what, let's what, just say i've never really gotten like overwhelmed in the stadium and like and, taken and away by its beauty and this yeah, sounds so corny but i was taken away by just how magnificent it really is Let, let's leave it at that magnificent will be the the last word that you stamped on this and and Good for that. Uh, the other magnificent thing I saw today, really, and also involved a team Tell from me. play. I, well, I mean, I, magnificent was Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, on Thursday. Okay, yeah, we will get to that. Let, please let that be the last thing that we say okay. for this week's episode. I, I, I want to say that. I just want to say quickly that that magnificent to me today was this this really adorable story of the Bills, which yes. the season with Josh Allen. It was going to be wiped out because because the bills to this point had beaten the dolphins and the jets and and had they lost after being up 28 to 3 the story would have been oh they had only beaten the dolphins and the jets and and they would have been essentially given no credit for this season Mm -hmm. what josh allen has done this season as an early mvp candidate well today's Uh, game showed how much he's progressed this yes past this offseason he is way more accurate his pocket presence his progressions and he still knows when to move. yeah he still knows when to move and i'll say this much to me the most impressive thing a quarterback can do is not necessarily pick up yards in front of him i'm impressed when a quarterback can pick up yards around him to the side when he is eluding defenders and what josh allen is able to do to shed defenders because he's so He's so big. I mean, yeah. he's, he's simply a domineering player. And he is able to push defenders off of him to buy time to get the ball down the field, even for an incomplete to avoid a sack. Those are some of the most impressive plays that Josh Allen makes. And I just have to say, Taylor, the Bills in their history, if they're known for one thing, it's certainly getting close and not quite over the hump with the four Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And it's also for blowing leads. Yeah. 
I mean, let's be clear. I mean, they're not the Falcons, though. No, that, that's that's a new that's a new fun story that we also will touch on briefly. But but I just will say that Josh Allen to me stamped himself more than ever to in this game against the Rams. I could agree the, more because the story of the Bills has been blowing a twenty eight three lead and of course losing the game to blow the twenty eight three lead and then to have the game winning moment yourself on a, when the game could have ended if not for a pass interference call late against the Rams, which was the right call, but. That put the stamp on Josh Allen. That defines a new era for the Bills. In other words, Mm -hmm. this won't be the same history you're used to. We will now be rewriting chapters of this book because Josh Allen is here now. So that that and I I also think that a lazy way of saying how much he's improved is by saying, oh, it's just because of Stefan Diggs. And don't get me wrong, Stefan Diggs makes a huge impact cool. because it, he's able to spread the ball out more. He's got a number one receiver, but he also has Cole Beasley and John Brown. And I think that by just saying it's because of Stefan Diggs is a lazy way of saying it just because of how much improvement that you see from him in every other facet. Again, you like to see the progression of a quarterback year to year. And it was an ugly way to end the season because, again, another typical Bills loss would have been the game against the Texans in the playoffs where they lost in overtime. You're not seeing nearly as many turnovers. You weren't seeing interceptions the way that he was throwing them before. He, um, today, passed for 311 yards with four touchdowns, one interception for, I know, Pat, like, ratings don't matter, but 128.9 rating. I'll take that. Added a rushing touchdown. He, I mean, Rams. he accounts for it. I, I believe the stat is that 90% of their touchdowns are on Josh. He's he's either putting the ball in himself with his legs or mm-hmm. he's throwing the ball. He accounts for 90% of their touchdowns. I mean, he is the ability. When you talk about a team that's perhaps putting too much on somebody, which we could say perhaps the Jets are doing with Sam Darnold. It's not oh, working gosh. out. Well. But Josh Allen, the, the Bills are putting it on Josh Allen, and he's handling it. He's handling right. it. Incredibly well. Now, before we before we hand him the MVP, and I did mention that. No, I just, no, I'm not. I'm not handing him the MVP. Well, the only reason I, I say that is just to say. I'm that, sticking with my Russell. What? Look, Russell Wilson for for the five touchdowns against the Cowboys. And again, you know, I love to say Dak, 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 and of course, Dak with another 400 yard performance and an incredible game. And and had he pulled off the the miracle final play, eluding defenders and throwing the ball into the end zone, which ended up being the final pick of the game that sealed the Cowboys' fate today. Russell Wilson is is playing out of his mind. Truly out of his mind. His first two games were pretty much, and I hate to say this, but they were pretty much perfect games. And he's on pace at the moment, Taylor, for 75 touchdown passes this season. Now, likely, this will not continue each week. But for him to throw for at least four touchdowns in every game, five again against the Cowboys, this is just a different level of playing quarterback for Russell Wilson. And and, D, and again, remember, and remember, and remember, remember, it would have been six. DK Metcalf, you know, yeah. walks and sort of struts into the end zone, and it turns into a touchback using the Deshaun Jackson play of deciding you're in the end zone before you're quite there. Even shades of Leon Lett against the Bills in the Super Bowl. It's it's a terrible moment, but it would have been another yet another touchdown pass for Russell Wilson. This is unlike anything that we've seen, except for maybe other than Russell Wilson, even at stretches of last season when he played mm-hmm. a lot 
like an MVP for portions of the season. I, I didn't get I, I didn't get everything right in the NFC West. I was I, I felt really good about about thinking the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs, which we both still think is going to be a cool story all season. But riding off the Seahawks certainly looks like the wrong call to this point. Russell Wilson is is oh gosh yeah you know he's on he's hands down right number now one yeah right now through front runner in my book through three weeks through three well, weeks you'd say and that I would say Aaron Rodgers is second but yes Rod it's funny that Rodgers and the floor we really didn't know what we were going to get there no and, I think that a lot of people speculated about what kind of relationship they really had coming into this season because especially after they took Jordan Love after you know Aaron Rodgers had been pounding the table for weapons for him to. You know, be successful with and so the people assumed and speculated that there was tension between the head coach and the quarterback which we had already heard this story before with mike mccarthy and aaron Rodgers. and you're seeing i think a lot of how well they are working together and mm-hmm. matt and seeing how skilled matt lafleur is at play calling and designing different schemes and really designing plays around Aaron Rodgers to be successful. This so is a cerebral, you're really right, Taylor. This is a cerebral coach tapping into that part of Aaron Rodgers' mind that wants to be more and more sophisticated on the field. He wants to run a dynamic offense with opportunities to call in and out of certain schemes, and that's what we're seeing right now. They are a step ahead offensively. And to mm-hmm. think also, speaking of offensive weapons – that they beat the Saints fairly handily, closer really than the score even indicates, and that was without Devontae Adams. I, I was just about to say that. It's, Imagine uh, what they would be like if they had Devontae Adams. Yeah, th- this is this is a this is a scary team. I mean, I mean, th- there seems to really be now almost tears already. Even only three weeks in, there seems to be tears of what's going on in the NFC. And and frankly, the Seahawks in the NFC, the Seahawks and the Packers really seem like they're on a, another level. I would say the Rams and Cowboys may be just below that. Mm-hmm. But that there's and, really and I think that a, well another takeaway is, and I think that we saw this a little bit in week two as well, is that the Saints and Drew Brees are just not playing at the level that we not expected. Not we usually, when we chalk it up and just think it's going to be breeze and it's going to be and they're going to be there again and again and of course with Kamara and they certainly can be but the penalties is really what's hurting the Saints so far I mean they were it's terrible. the penalties and it's it's Drew Breeze is arm Maybe. it's not even just on long passes it's on short passes it's I don't want to quite take it away from him because because the Saints were in position they were they were competitive in this game against the Packers and again the game turned on a fumble from a quarterback that wasn't Drew Brees. Yeah. Hill. So we're not, I, I would say it's not quite time to pile on Brees. I still think Brees, I mean, look at what Manning, what, look what Peyton Manning was able to do in a season where he didn't necessarily have his strongest arm, where he wasn't putting up tremendous yardage. He did win the Super Bowl and he did a lot of that through what he's able to do in checking in and out of plays. I mean, there's still a lot of, no, no, certainly. And he did, he did, he did rebound. Yes, yeah, I still think. I, I, still think I, I think the Saints will be a part of of what happens in dictating who wins the Super Bowl this season. Which is to say, I think they will they will they will be a playoff team. They will be a factor. They will be a force in the NFC. But I just I just see this sort you, of you you really coach. like like you said you called Matt Lafleur a cerebral coach and Aaron Rodgers as well a cerebral quarterback. You saw him pick apart their defense. He knew what he was doing, and again in a building that was no longer look what Superdome now is what. 
they're cardboard cutouts. These are not right. This is not. I mean, this is not the Superdome that we know that is overwhelmingly loud in a way that makes players question if they're hearing their own voice in their head. So this is a different experience. Rogers is able to go in there and, and play in a comfortable way. that Breeze doesn't have that. And another thing. key thing that he did was drawing those pair of penalties. It's brilliant. Same play, two penalties on one play that either one of them, you know, we're going to seal the game essentially. And they did. Uh, All right. By the way, something you just did before we even got into this pod was you told me, Sam, I'm ready to record, but ding dong, (laughs) got to get up because of DoorDash. DoorDash, which I was gone all day. We've been taking advantage of DoorDash for probably four Since we've known each other. We've known each other. I would say a big part of our relationship, Taylor, is predicated (laughs) on DoorDash. Because anytime we decide that we want props or something to talk about other than football, it's food. And instead of going and getting food, we decide what's the easiest way for us to get food to us. And of course, that's through DoorDash. We simply scroll through, find our favorite restaurants, whoever's got the best crispy fries and skinny fries, set them our way. And by the way, for those listening to us, please head to DoorDash. If you don't have a DoorDash account, first of all, I'm sorry. What are you doing? Sorry for all of the years that you haven't been taking advantage, but head there right now, type in the code BLUEWIRE, and you will be getting $5 off of your order and delivery fee waived courtesy of Taylor and Sam and Let's Catch Up. Again, head there and type in the code word BLUEWIRE so that DoorDash can hook you up Courtesy of Blue Wire and let's catch up. Uh, Taylor, yeah, you were out. I, I, did you? I, well, of course you ate at the stadium, right? There's no mm-hmm. way you didn't eat at the stadium. I did. They have, obviously, with COVID, everything's different. So they don't have their standard press box food out, but they have like pre-boxed food and, and goodies. Don't worry, there was chocolate chip cookies in there. Please tell me you, right, in some way you're sending me chocolate chip cookies, please. I, if, that, you were in, if you were in California right now, you would have, you would this have was old times. Yes. We would be recording together. A chocolate chip. And yeah. yeah, so I, was I think I found. By the way, I think I found. Sorry to cut you off. I think I've had a chocolate chip cookie. I may need to send to you. It's that good. And I think I even mm-hmm. think I would stand by it if it got sent. And it was a day past full freshness. I still think I would stand by it as the chocolate chip cookie of note in my life. That good. Wow. I think I, I found. Feel like you're, I feel like you're. You're cheating. I, You're cheating I, on me. I am. I know. And I'm also overselling it at this point. It's never going to live up to what I just said, but I, I, I'm willing to say it's that spectacular. All right, please, before we leave though, Taylor, please, I, I know that you wanted to give, you you wanted to put a stamp of approval on on what happened on last Thursday night with the, the Jaguars and the Dolphins, which actually is quite an entertaining matchup. I mean, it, it's funny on paper. You think there's nothing to that, but that the, matchup was fascinating. It was one of the <laughs> better games of the season that nobody anticipated um but it's can you just give a shout out because everybody before this game was saying when are we going to see Tua? when are we going to see Tua? why are they starting ryan fitzpatrick the only reason why we will see Tua is if we are trying to preserve fitzpatrick right now Please. because he is playing lights out he is a 38 year old veteran <laughs> who is putting his body on the line He's going, literally throwing himself head first. No, into head, these head first. linebackers. Every quarterback is taught to slide in these situations. Gosh, and- no. He didn't get that memo. <laughs> no, he did not. Beard and all, he is throwing himself head first. 
into oncoming traffic. And I feel like he's finally just becoming like himself. And he's he's laughing at like, you know, when he's probably thinking about like his younger playing days, he just didn't have this kind of perspective and confidence. And I love it. I want him to just keep winning, keep the magic alive. I know they're in a tough division with the Patriots and the Bills who we were just talking about. So I'm not saying that I think they're going to go to the playoffs or anything like that. But I do think that they can have a successful season. Also, though, what you're saying also, I'm not going to take the words out of your mouth, but you're really saying Ryan Fitzpatrick is a gift to this league and all of us, and we should cherish all the moments that we have with him, right? And if you haven't seen his post-game interview, do yourself a favor and go check it out because it'll make you smile. And and just before we go, Taylor, we we just have to say, and again, first of all, Catherine, who's listening, the Bills fan, we certainly we, we have now given plenty of love for the Bills, and we're happy to do so. They, they make it easy. But another tremendous, tremendous supporter of Let's Catch Up is our friend Matt, the Falcons fan. Who, oh, gosh. Now, first of all, Matt's from London. So why he's a Falcons fan, Taylor, I don't even quite know. And even when I met him, he's a Falcons fan, and I thought, okay, that you know, that's interesting. That's fine. Okay, well, you guys were in the Super Bowl. You know, maybe this is going to be – what can we say to Falcons fans? Well, I'm from Atlanta, so I have a very soft spot in my heart for the Falcons and Falcons fans, but I don't think that any – I don't it, think that – what, what, Something has to change. 16-point lead. clicking. 16-point lead. Do you know that no – Two team, back-to-back huge deficits. Taylor, no team in the history of the league – has blown 16-point leads like that yeah. over the course of a season. Watch two teams just over – yeah. They've done it in six days. It's it's like the Super Bowl is being played for them each week. Over and over again. It, not, not that any of them needed – not that any Falcons fan out there needed a reminder of that. It's You know how you say some things are sad in sports and you say it and you don't really think that, but – if I really thought of of a young Falcons fan, of like a of like a kid who thinks my team's going to the Super Bowl this year and my team's going to be two and zero or three and zero, you know, and just is is kind of, I feel sad. I feel sad for young Falcons fans. I, I do. The last two weeks has taken a lot. I can't even imagine being a father trying to convince my son or daughter to be a Falcons fan over the last two weeks. What do you say? What do you say? Yeah. What, what can you possibly say? I mean. The onside kick with the Cowboys game is one thing. The but then- Falcons were up 16 with six minutes and 30 seconds remaining. It's impossible. And and by the way, of course, quick little nod to Nick Foles, by the way, who just is – what planet is Nick Foles from? But, I mean, what like, what specialty do you have to cut – like, you, you're, not, you're not good enough to beat anybody out for the starting job. You're just the greatest quarterback to not start of all time. Yeah. Can we say that? Can we say that? Yeah. He, he just is that. Whatever that category is, he's that. But you know that he's been sitting on the bench this season. I never understood the decision to... To go with Mitch? Well, go with Mitch. True, although week one against the Lions... And quarter. I think that you can't... Just because like they were winning doesn't necessarily mean that it was... They were True. great wins. True. And I although think that from the coach's perspective, it's like, well, why are we going to bench our quarterback who's now won two straight games? And so this was kind of like the perfect opportunity for that to happen. But there's no doubt in my mind that Nick Foles is now the starting quarterback for. That team rallied behind him. And and by the way, there were also two other touchdowns he could have had if not for penalties. 
Another team that I feel very sad for, along with the Falcons right now, is the Jets. I feel bad for Sam Darnold. I feel bad for that team. They the are Jets are now the, the only Sam. They're the only team in the NFL that has not yet held a lead at any point in the game this season. That that's like look away bad. The Falcons is like I'm looking through my hand, right? It's and like I'm just like so play. sad because everybody's so excited, and then it's like you're getting dumped, you know, like you've got all these great aspirations and you think everything's great. And then you just get dumped out of nowhere. The jets is just like, you just can't ever find a boyfriend or girlfriend. You're right. No, the, the jet, the and there's jets, no way out. <laughs> the jets are like that takeout that's in the back of the fridge that you don't find for months. You think something's wrong. They've with never you. at any point yeah. this season, we've had three games. They're the only team in the NFL that has not yet held a lead at any point in the game this season. You'd think by accident they would have been up 3 nothing, right? Just somehow. I mean, somehow. the Giants were up 3 nothing week one, right? The Giants were up on the Steelers Monday Night Football right away, right? I mean, it happens. You, Speaking you, of, that's another, that's another quick team I want to hit on. Steelers. Nod to the Steelers, certainly. Not to, well, not to the Steelers. Yeah. If, you ever, if you ever wonder what the difference between having Roethlisberger is and not, there you go. Because yeah. that, that was a, that was a. I think I think there's a lot more to it than that, though. I think that Juju Smith-Schuster is healthy this year. Connor as well, who hasn't even been entirely healthy, but when he is, look what he can do. Yeah. So two teams, the uh, Bears and the Steelers, are three and zero after missing the postseason last year. I like that. It's a great note. Fun little nugget. Very good nugget. Well, speaking of nugget, uh, for those of you again, DoorDash, they'll they'll show up for you. Remember that. Let them know. Let's catch up. Sent you there, and let them know. Type in blue, blue wire, get your five bucks off your free delivery. Uh, all right, Taylor, we have plenty to catch up on later as well. No, especially uh, with tomorrow night's oh, wow. game with the Chiefs and Ravens. So maybe we'll catch up tomorrow. Rather than later. You're right. Mm-hmm.